This is the podcast for Woodland Presbyterian Church in Memphis, Tennessee. We are maturing God's people to serve a hurting world. We hope you enjoy the message, and if you'd like to learn more about our church, look us up at woodlandpres.org. Thanks so much. May the Lord bless you. Diminishment of anxiety in our lives comes from an encounter with the presence of God. And so when we encounter the presence of God, we have no reason to be be superior to anyone. Because we know that God is superior, that he is holy, he is just. When we encounter his presence, we're confronted with our sin and our brokenness, and we, we recognize that we, we need to be restored. We, we actually ought to be desperate. But when we also encounter the presence of God, we realize that we're not inferior because this God who's holy and just and who knows everything wants to be in relationship with us. Despite our mess-ups and our failings, and our brokenness. He, he pursues us and he longs to be with us and near us. And so because of that, then we have a holy confidence. Yes, I, I'm sinful and broken, but, but yes, I'm also forgiven and deeply loved. See, those who know their place before the Lord live in humility and confidence at the same time. And that's peace. And that's peace. So Paul says, present your petitions Present your needs, your concerns, everything that you have that's causing you anxiety and worry. You can present to the Lord. Say, Lord, I don't know how to fix this. I'm going to stop trying to fix this. I'm going to ask you to fix this. And we do so with thanksgiving. Right? When you're thankful, that doesn't mean that everything's going great. It doesn't mean that you don't have issues or challenges or frustrations. But you can say, I am thankful for what God has done and is doing in my life. Being thankful can come from acknowledging the struggles and defeats and the disappointments. We can still be grateful in the midst of those matters. We can rejoice in all that God has done, even if we face uncertainty, even when we experience pain or sorrow. There's always something that we can be grateful for. And when our prayers and petitions are offered in gratitude, that's what we remember, that God has given himself to us. So what are you thankful for? And this journey towards peace includes that thankfulness. Uh, the, the original word there is Eucharisto, which is the, where the word Eucharist comes from, which is some of our brothers and sisters in other traditions use the word Eucharist to describe the Lord's Supper. That's the word. They say, we're going to celebrate the Eucharist. We're going to celebrate Thanksgiving because we're thankful for what God has done for us to come to be with us through, the, through his son, Jesus Christ an amazing word of appreciation and gratitude. And so when we maintain a right posture with and for God, we're thankful, even in the midst of the challenges. And this is the journey that we're on uh, to to peace. We're on the way. Uh, It's not something that just you all of a sudden accomplish and that's it. You know that it's, it's an ongoing journey of trusting God and allowing him to explore your heart and to say, where are you trusting in those things that aren't me? Move toward me. And that happens in prayer. And that's where the value of setting aside time and thinking about prayer, becoming shamelessly audacious in your prayer life. And as we do that as a congregation, as we do that as a people, as you do that as a grandmother or a father or a friend, then you're going before the Lord on behalf of another person. We are addressing the anxiety when we go to Jesus. 
So we're on this journey. There's a vehicle, there's a command, there's a vehicle, there's the journey, and then there's a passenger. And the good news is that we're not alone. Uh, there's a driver of the vehicle, and there is a passenger of the vehicle, because we know that in life, uh, the ride is bumpy. The ride is, is bumpy. But here's the truth, is that you're going to make it to your destination, even though the ride is bumpy, even if you don't feel like you can really do much. A couple of years ago, we went to, went to Disney World, and you remember that ride, I forget, it's the Grand Prix, right? There are the cars, the go-karts, and they just do that little track, and they're just these old gas engines, and they go really slow, and you're really wanting to go fast and make it fun, but they just go slow, and you're in the car, and it's on that metal track. So literally, you don't even have to steer. You can just push your foot down on the gas, and it just goes, because you're protected from crashing. It's a bumpy ride. It's not really that much fun, but you don't even have to steer. And sometimes in life, all we can do is just put our foot on the gas. We just have one thing that we can do, and we're just saying, Lord, get me to my destination. Now, it's much more fun when you can steer. It's actually more fun when you're sitting in the haunted mansion on the ride, which is really a conveyor belt, because it's air conditioning. Because you're thinking, why did we come down here? But it's, you're in the air conditioning, so you're, you're on this journey. And so that's like life. Like we have all these ups and downs. There are crashes. But in the end, we're on this ride, and we're going to make it to our destination, even though there are many times when it just doesn't feel that way. We just go, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. This is the hardest thing I've ever experienced. I've never faced this before. I don't know what I'm doing. But you know what? You're not alone in that journey. You're not alone in that journey with all the twists and turns. How do we know that? Well, this is what Paul tells us. At the end of verse 5, he says what? The Lord is near. And at the end of verse 7, he says, guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Right? What does it mean that the, that the Lord is near? It means that he's close. He's near to you. He is near to you. Another book I've been reading is called Gentle and Lowly. And it's a description and exploration of the heart of Jesus. The title comes from the verse that describes his heart. He says his heart is gentle and lowly. In one of the chapters, the author is saying that we need to remember that when things are going well, God is with us. And when things are going well, we feel like God is with us. But when things aren't going well, God is with us. Even if it feels like we're alone. Even if it feels like because of events that are happening in life, God isn't with us. The truth of the matter, God is with us whether things are going well or whether they're not going well. And the, the truth of the matter is sometimes when we think it's going well, it's not actually really going well. Because we think things are fine and they're not. And other times when it feels like things are messed up and broken, that's when God is doing his greatest work in our hearts to accomplish his purposes, to shape and form us. And because it feels like it's not going well, that's the time that we're most open and receptive to God and to what he has to teach us. God shapes and forms us in the valley. And here's the thing that this author posits. He says that Jesus is closest to us when we're despairing. Because you think Jesus was in despair himself in the garden. Jesus is closest to us when we feel alone because Jesus himself 
was alone on the cross. Jesus was abandoned. When we feel abandoned, we know that Jesus was abandoned by his friends. When we feel anxious because the world around us is pressing in, we know that Jesus was at peace because he had a deep and abiding connection with the Heavenly Father. And because Jesus' heart and mind are ultimately guarded because he's God, when we are connected to him through the cross, then he will guard and shape our mind and our heart. You see, we, we often think that we're the one driving and that Jesus is, is sitting along. You know, there's that song, it's like, oh, Jesus, take the wheel, as though Jesus is just sitting there playing the wordle while we're driving along through the bumps in, uh, of life. But in fact, if we're going to use this vehicle illustration, that, that Jesus is the one who created, <laughs> he created the journey, he created the car, he's got his hands on the wheel, and we're along for the ride. And he's uh, like making us think, it's like there's one of those little fake steering wheels on the side. And he's like, yeah, steer, we're going to turn right pretty soon, you know. He's, he's making the turn, and you're doing this all over the place thinking you're doing it. But in the end, Jesus is the one who's guiding and directing. And there's a sense in which, and this is not the greatest illustration, right? All illustrations break down, but Jesus is the one who is sovereign over all these things. And he's in your life, and he's with you, and he's near in the moment of your despair, of your anxiety, of your concern. And it's even more true when you're facing the most difficult thing that you're facing. Jesus is near. Uh, this one illustration that I, I've shared a couple times, but I was just thinking about what is it like when God's near to us. I've shared this before, but we are at the beach about 15 years ago, maybe 12 years ago, and Levi was a little guy. We walk out into the water, and the waves are small, but they're, you know, sufficient. He's probably, you know, this tall. And one of the waves comes up and hits him in the eyes in salt water, right? And he, he didn't like going out in the water very much at that age. And the water splashes up into his eyes and it stings his eyes. And so he pulls his hand away from mine and he starts to rub his eyes. And then another wave comes in and it knocks him down. And so he's really frightened because he's anxious about being out in the water. His eyes are stinging. He can't see. And he's falling down in the water. And... and it, I just said, stand up, <laughs> which is not a good father response, right? Um, but I realize he's afraid. So I just grab him and I, and I pick him up, you know, just get him close. You know, I could have said to him, hey, Levi, you know, one day you're going to really enjoy playing in these waves uh, because the transfer of energy that's created when the wave moves forward, it's actually a fun thing and you can body surf or surf. Or, you're really going to enjoy this someday. Or, um, well, you know, Levi, you actually have saline in your eyes, and the reason why it's stinging is because the saline content in the salt water is a little bit higher, and that's why you're experiencing pain in your eyes. Like, what do explanations do? What, what he needs, and what we need, is someone to just scoop us up and to say, I'm with you. I got you. I'm here. And so in the anxiety that you feel, in the stress that you feel, you just need to remember that you don't have a heavenly father that says, just stand up. You have a heavenly father that says, I got you. I'm with you. And you need to remember that in this moment. And you need to remember it on uh, Monday morning at 7.30. And on Tuesday afternoon. And on Friday night. And 50 years from now. 
And one of the ways that we remember that is by just spending time with him and, rem- and going over what he's already said about what's true about our relationship. And that's why prayer is such a vital thing. So here's what I'm asking you to do right now is, is to make a plan. What's your plan for tomorrow to grow in prayer? Because you can come and go, that was an inspirational sermon, Matt. I love the story about Levi. It's very cute. But unless you make a plan as a response to what God has been telling you to do, then you're just going to come back next Sunday, and hopefully there'll be another sermon and with a cute story, and it'll go, oh, that was nice. But if we want to grow as a praying people, we got to make a plan. So what's your plan? Write it down and say, Lord, I'm going I'm to try to do this. I know that if I mess up and I fail, you're still going to love me. But I want to honor what you're telling me to do right now and to set that, side of t- that, that time aside in, in a way that helps you to grow and to increase your capacity, right? To increase your ability to breathe. Like when you go on a longer run or you exercise more, you can breathe more, right? When we pray more, then we can pray more. We're more confident in who God is and the, and the problems that we face are diminished. So what's your plan? Make a plan and ask God to give you the strength to do it as he rides along the journey with you, as he drives that car. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to this message from Woodland Presbyterian Church, maturing God's people to serve a hurting world. Again, if you'd like to learn more about our congregation, please visit us at woodlandpres.org. Thank you very much, and God bless you today.